Hi there. Welcome to Mental Wealth Podcast. My name is Benjamin Wise and I remain your host. Allow me to shower the rays of hope on you, followed by a sprinkle of warmth. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Mental Wealth Podcast. I remain your host, Benjamin Wise. Today we're going to be talking about something fascinating, something interesting. We're going to be talking about trauma, the basics and steps to recovery. All right. I'm going to be explaining how you can journey from your traumatic experience to you coming out to a fully functional life. All right. We're going to start in a bit. Just stay with me and I'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So good to have you. So, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about trauma right everything you need to know about it and the step-by-step guide on how to come out of it all right so these episodes are going to be in series all right so this is like the first episode of many all right so someone who is dealing with a traumatic experience or someone who has ptsd as it is so called ptsd is post-traumatic stress disorder this is someone who has experienced or witnessed an incident or a series of incidents that puts them in um, opposition or leaves them with the feeling of fear, horror, hopelessness, and helplessness. All right, the general term that is used to refer to people who was who have gone through a form of traumatic experience is survival. They call them survivors. All right, so. Some of them might even uh, have felt a threat to their physical integrity or the integrity of maybe other people, all right? Example of um, this kind of event could be an assault in any way. It could be an assault in any way, in any form, all right? It could be someone who's gone through rape, someone who was raped, um, someone who was uh, a survivor of war, uh, someone who um, has had so much loss, probably the death of a loved one or a close relative. Uh, traumatic experience could come from relationship apathy, like divorce, or ending a relation, a long-term relationship, or even a short one that was actually good from the get-go. Then domestic violence, and a lot of them. All right. So we're going quickly. We're going to talk about the symptoms of. PTSD. Now, there are certain ways that um, when you're going through a post-traumatic stress disorder, you would actually have these symptoms. Like, these are the signs 
that are going to show that you are going through some sort of trauma or maybe you have a friend or someone who is actually going through these things and you don't know these are things these are signs that will help that can help you tell that this person is actually going through something all right because sometimes a lot of people go through these things and we don't understand them even those who go through the experience they don't understand it because the their, their body is it's no longer fully functional like it used to be and they just can quite put their feet on what is actually going wrong with them they the things they used to love doing they can no longer do it they it appears that their mind seems to do other things that they don't want to do than before yeah so some of the things that uh, happens to someone who is uh, who is going through a post-traumatic stress disorder is one they experience uh flashbacks they experience flashbacks now this is um, a scenario where the survivor uh, they relieve or they re-experience the events of the incidents that had happened to them. All right, this could be caused by a lot of reasons. Now, when you begin to have a flashbacks or you begin to re-experience those things that happened to you in the past, it could happen for a number of reasons. One of those reasons is triggers. All right, uh, the trigger is a mental stimulus that makes you the survivor recall the experiences of the event all right the funny thing is the trigger itself might not be traumatic all right the, the trigger itself doesn't have to be traumatic you could just when when, the, when that trigger happens it just reminds you of that experience a typical example is someone who, uh, who was traumatized by maybe the sound of gun maybe they got robbed at some point in their life and Maybe one of them in their house was shot or maybe someone experienced war and keeps hearing the sound of bomb. When they hear the sound of a balloon pop, now that could create a serious problem for them because once they hear the sound of the balloon, they're not hearing the sound of the balloon. The, 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 the sound triggers what happened to them in the past, all right? Or maybe someone who was a victim of rape when um, maybe they're in a new relationship and probably they are getting intimate with your partner and your partner start touching them now the moment the partner touches them it sends um a shock wave through their system which which responds to which makes them respond to that trigger by thinking back at what happened to them when they faced um the rape incident and you know they become repulsive all right so these things happen so an, a, another thing another thing that you know that could cause um the survivor to have flashback or re-experience the past events is nightmares this happens a lot this is when they 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 are dreaming of um the past event and um it, it causes them to you know wake up abruptly from their sleep and you know causes them not to be able to sleep anymore then three we have uh, flashbacks these are like recreations of images sensations and emotions from the original events okay then we also have um physical response all right this is um an emotional surge that could lead to a panic attack now this is um w this this happens when they are faced with the trigger and it causes their body you know to to begin to process a lot of things in their mind at the same time uh, a typical example is someone who has um let's say the fear of dogs maybe the person has 
person got beaten by a dog at some point in your life so um the moment a dog just comes near them not necessarily to bite just maybe to just come and play with them you know they begin to have this emotional surge of the feeling they had when they were beaten by the dog so the feeling becomes so much that it surges through them and it creates a panic attack where they begin to palpitate they begin to have um, a serious a serious heartbeat uh, movement where their heart begins to beat so fast and they don't exactly know what to do all right so these are the things that can actually happen to someone who is actually going through a post-traumatic stress disorder okay what are, what is another symptom that is that is very common to people who are going through some form of trauma another one is avoidance all right uh, the survivors begin to form the habit of avoiding people or they avoid places or they avoid situations that triggers the traumatic experience all right they avoid conversations that could stir up the feeling from that event um some of them even create some sort of busy schedule just to make sure they avoid any form of invasion of the thought from that event all right so another thing is another symptom is hyper hyper arousal all right hyper arousal so that's um the or hyper arousal or however it is pronounced so the survivor's body is usually on eye alert mode when triggered all right they don't exactly uh have to be in imminent danger to um you know to act this way when they sense these triggers they uh become highly irritable like it comes with an outburst of anger all right they can't uh prolong their concentration span for a very long time all right and you know they get so jumpy and defensive at any point all right so if somebody just even touch them they might just get startled just because they are just on eye alert they're on eye mode because they feel like oh anything can happen at any time even at places where they are actually safe now another symptom is which is um one that is very very common after the experience that spanned for a very long time or people who actually have multiple experiences is negative thoughts and belief now the problem with traumatic experiences sometimes it shapes the way uh it, it shapes the way people live their life it shapes their emotional balance it, it shapes their rational thinking okay so most of the time survivors uh, have one or all of the following feelings they feel confused they feel ashamed they feel fearful and sometimes in shock so when some of these feelings wears off then what happens is it gets replaced by other negative thoughts so negative thoughts begin to slip into the cracks that those feelings have made Right, so subsequently, survivors begin to dissociate themselves from things because they have lost the sense of touch with things around them. Um, the sense of loss they had will make them lose interest in a lot of things and some of the things they used to love. All right, they find it difficult to feel, some of them feel numb, and um, some of them become distant even to their loved ones and their close friends.
Now, I'm going to be explaining what happens in the brain, like in the mind, when someone goes through traumatic experience. So this is going to help you understand why you feel the way you do. All right. Why survivors feel the exact way they feel. So sometimes a lot of people will say, oh, why can't they snap out of it? Oh, why is it so difficult? Why can't they just dump the event? All right. So I'm going to explain what you need to understand about people experiencing trauma. All right. They cannot simply dump that experience in the past or choose to wake up one day and forget the old experience or snap out of it. You know, some people, you know, when you, when people, when people have gone through trauma, it comes to their friend or they go to someone to talk to them and they're like, oh, come on, it's in the past. Let the past stay in the past. It's actually very difficult. I'm going to explain why. Now, a traumatic experience reconstructs the three primary parts of the brain. Now, I'm sorry, I'm going to be using some big grammars here, but I'm going to explain, all right? So, what are these three primary parts of the brain? The first one is your prefrontal cortex. Now, the prefrontal cortex is actually your thinking center. It is the one responsible for your thoughts. The second one is the emotional regulator, also known as the anterior cingulate cortex, all right? Then we have the amygdala, that's your fear center. That's the one sitting deep in the core of your brain. Now, the thinking center, your prefrontal cortex, is responsible for rational thoughts, is responsible for solving problems, is um, responsible for your planning, responsible for your empathy part of yourself, all right? So, it is easy for you to have a healthy and positive thoughts when these two parts, I mean, the prefrontal cortex and the emotional regulator, right? It's very easy to have healthy thoughts and positive thoughts when those two parts have not been altered, all right? The fear center lies deep inside the core of the brain and isn't controlled by our conscious self. It's controlled by the subconscious, all right? So the parts determined to respond to whatever it deems fit as a threat all right and creating fear so what happens is when that part of the brain feels that oh you are in danger and this is actually a threat then fear is birth that's an unconscious stuff so you can't just trigger fear by yourself or at will all right so now when the primary center of the brain which is the thinking center is reconstructed by trauma all right what happens is it sends those two primary parts of your brain into dormancy all right those two parts becomes dormant and it activates your amygdala it um, activates the fear center to be the default mode of your brain so you can see what happens it's just like um when you make a particular app probably your browser you have a lot of browser on your system and um, you love using chrome but unfortunately maybe due to due to some settings you use internet explorer as your default browser and you just want to click on a web url so once you keep click a web url what happens is the internet explorer is actually the first to actually open the bible like, oh what kind of ugly uh browser is this all right no offense to internet explorer all right so that's what's happening here so every time something happens to you the first thing that is triggered in your brain is the fear center why because the trauma has reconstructed the old primary part of your brain to 
the amygdala which is the fear center so here lies the problem all right so but the thing is for survivors to get better it takes great effort time and repetition of steps towards recovery which is what we'll be talking about next all right So, what are the steps to recovery? Now, I need you to understand that traumatic experiences are not something you can just snap out of. It can take weeks for different people. It can take months. It can take years. But one thing I want you to do is be patient with yourself and be consistent. All right? Also, there are days where you might not even feel like doing those things that might help you out. And that is totally fine. All right? You don't need to rush yourself. You just need to help yourself understand that you will get better with time. All right. Yes. So the first stage of recovery is known as safety and stabilization. What that means is you have to focus on calming yourself, calming your nervous system by determining what what you need to do to stabilize yourself. What are the areas of your life? needs to be stabilized what are the area of your life you need to find balance that can make you feel all right all right one of the first things you need to do to help you do that is you need to explore and process the trauma by putting it in words all right and focus on integrating the trauma through your through the stage you are now which is the stage of safety and stabilization how do you do that you need to open up about the trauma you need to talk to someone uh preferably um preferably uh, a, a mental health specialist someone who is experienced in these things all right i'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your friends or loved one but it's going to be better if you talk to someone who has experience about this thing and um i think we have a lot of mental health um institute out there that helps people you can find a lot of them on twitter some people who will talk to you maybe in a few sessions just to help you get better all right an example is mentally aware nigeria all right so what is that thing you also need to do i haven't opened up to the open up uh to talk about the trauma and the experience all right take time take time to grieve if it's someone who is dealing with the loss of someone or a loss of friends or maybe a relationship or a divorce you need to take time out to grieve or mourn whatever happened because these things are actually very very painful all right and um going through them alone is it's not so good all right so the next thing you need to do i haven't talked about it is to challenge your sense of helplessness and isolation you need to challenge that part all right because this is the part that leaves you vulnerable and powerless the most all right you need to do something to take that power all right away from that trauma that holds you down that helps that makes you feel helpless or isolated now this is this is what you're going to be doing for the next few weeks that is going to help you challenge that feeling of hopelessness and isolation all right the first thing is you should try as much as possible to volunteer your time to do something you love now this can be pretty difficult but the only way you can actually get to do this is you need to be accountable maybe you need to talk to a friend that this is what i love to do before but i find out that i can no longer do it can you help me okay maybe you're someone who loves to go um you go to the park or you just go out generally maybe to 
just help people out maybe to go to the um motherless baby's home or to the orphanage home to just you know uh talk to the children play with them or sing with them all right or if, if you're someone who loves singing maybe you just go to the park to go and sing just go with a friend whatever you know you used to love doing just talk to a friend okay let's i just want to go out and do something i love today can you come with me can you help me out like can you make sure that i get to do this today or for the next few weeks all right so this is going to get you out of the house so you no longer isolate yourself. You no longer allow that event to make you feel powerless or helpless, right? Another thing you can do is reach out to someone in need, all right? Maybe you have friends or you have a group of people who are just looking for someone maybe to train them or teach them and you know something that you can actually teach people, right? Just reach out to people generally. Oh, if you're struggling with this or you're struggling with that, I think I'm very good at this. Can you just come and let me just explain it to you, all right? So the sense of having to help people do something they love, having to reach out to someone in need and making them feel good about themselves. Now, that is going to make you feel good about yourself in turn, all right? Or just, just buy a series of gifts and just, you know, just go out and just give it to people just to make them feel good. Or, you know, you just see someone who, who is looking so nice, just, you know, just compliment them just to make their day, just to make them smile, all right? Or just say something to someone just to make them happy. Or just appreciate a group of people, maybe your friends on the social media, the Twitter sphere, Facebook, and all that. Just appreciate someone. Just, you know, text them, send them a message, tell them how wonderful they are, you know? It's, it's one of those things. It's those little things that makes you... Not just the person right now it makes you feel great even about yourself all right another thing is um you can donate to your favorite charity and another thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be money you could donate your substance you could donate your time so these are things you could actually do for the next few weeks all right then we'll move from that stage to the next stage. so the next episode we're going to be talking about how to move further from here to the next recovery stage all right i'll see you in the next episode take care and bye thank you for listening to today's episode remember taking care of your mental health is just as important as taking care of your physical health so until next time stay strong stay mindful and stay well Also, don't forget to check out all our other episodes and be sure to tune in next time for more valuable insights on your mental wealth journey. Have a nice time. Till next time.